good afternoon or good evening and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike Junuine Cohen, I am Matt Wright and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Junuine. 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 That was actually the first one. That was the second one I ever wrote. Junuine? Junuine. That was the second one I ever wrote. I like it. I like Junuine. Hey everybody, how you doing? Hope you had a great week, Matt. How how was your week? My week was good. Uh, I was telling you a little bit before the show. I um finally, eight years later, uh, watched Sons of Anarchy, and uh, I finished it last night. And then I got very sad for a very long time, and sat in my bed and contemplated so many things about life. I went through this similar thing. Uh, in what 2015 when it was like a new series and we would watch new episodes every week and yeah, it was be like 13 or something wrapped yeah. in are we we're normalizing we're leveling yeah. our <laughs> the entire we're time gonna, when we were, we're doing talking the like oh yeah i love that show that's fantastic the entire time during the pre-show we had a bunch of overlays up looking at them and I never we never actually pre-show. made sure that we were anywhere we, even close to yeah. each other yeah so yeah, so no, yeah, Sons of Anarchy was fantastic uh, five years ago, and I'm yeah. glad that you. <laughs> Man, I'm finally, I'm finally, <laughs> fi- finally, finally caught up. Finally caught up on that one. That's I good. do know for a fact that uh, personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, has not seen that show yet. Really? Yeah, because I texted him while I was watching the final season. We were texting back and forth, and I said. Yeah, I'm in the final season of Sons of Anarchy. You ever watching? He goes, no, I haven't seen it. Should I? I like, See, now I yeah, wish he had a once. show so I could call into his show <laughs> and give him a hard time about that and be like, hey, Google, got a some very important question about Sons of Anarchy. What do you think about when What'd Jax <laughs> killed when, Gemma? Spoiler alert. But yeah, that's a big one. Um, <laughs> what you do is you call him when he's arguing a court case. <laughs> hey, I, I know that what, I know I, what you're doing. I know you're doing your job, but uh, what do you think? What do you think about, about when Shax killed Gemma? Right, Jesus. Spo- spoiler alert! Like literally, you don't even have to watch it now. Seven years ago, Shax killed Gemma, and Meg Jones just had just had that uh, happen. And yes, uh, Christopher Hoover. This is a podcast, also. We are a show and a podcast, and you can find us on iHeartRadio, which is number one for podcasting. Yeah, um, yep, we're on iHeartRadio. We are on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and all that whole thing. If there is a podcasting app, we are on it. Uh, first and foremost, allow me to thank Casey Nether Campbell for the kava I am drinking on this lovely, lovely, humid Florida day. And allow me to thank... Aquafina, new wow. yeah, new brand, new, new brand. brand. What's that? New brand for the delicious water, purified right? This purified, purified drinking water that I'm <laughs> drinking on this episode on the Muddy Waters of Freedom, Bula Vanaka. Bula Vanaka. So this episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Dad Bod Calendar. Be sure to get yours today, featuring the sexiest libertarian men in libertarianism. Including yours truly right there, Mr. Sweet Summer Boy himself, Spike Cohen, Mr. J- Mr. April. Uh, you can get yours today for only $12, including shipping. And if you want it signed by yours truly, 
That's only $30, including shipping. Go to libertariandadbod.com. This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest-growing caucus in the Libertarian Party, I think, still, um, at least by percentage anyway. And uh, be sure to go to the Facebook group, Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, and join today. We also have buttons. They're only like 2 bucks or 5 bucks, which are depending on which side you get. And all the money goes to... Go ahead. I was going to say, they're a couple of bucks. Yeah, they're two bucks to five bucks, depending on size. Well, there's only two sizes, so they're either two bucks or five bucks. And the money goes to the Libertarian Party, all proceeds. Go to Libertarian Party. Go to Facebook.com slash group slash LPWHC. This episode is also brought to you by Black Coffee, spelled B-L-V-C-K, because why the hell not? Black Coffee, cold brew organic coffee, the way... Grandma intended back when grandma would make cold brew black cold coffee. brew cat black coffee or get organic. Go to blackbrews.com, blvckbrews.com, and be sure to use the checkout code MW for free shipping. And as Matt, who does drink coffee, will let you know, it's very, 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 very good. It's very good. Uh, this episode. Go ahead. Excellent. It is very excellent. And I just want real quick, I just want to do a quick shout out to Jeff Carnahan. Jeff Carnahan, who uh, is waiting in line for ice cream, uh, listening to us for the first time with, I'm going to guess his daughter. Um, yeah, yes, my dad. Uh listening to us for the first time and uh, trying to learn more about libertarianism. So, hey, Jeff, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the ice cream. Yeah, absolutely. And this episode, yeah, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. This episode is also brought to you by the Jorgensen, the, the Jorgensen Cohen 2020 campaign, real change for real people. Go to joe20.com. Joe Jorgensen and I are fighting to set the world free in our time if you are, in fact, a real person. Oh, and this episode is also brought to you by Henry McMaster, governor of South Carolina, who is and will always be a bitch, a bitch. Speaking of bitches, real, no, real, uh, real quick before we go into that, uh, there are a couple of primaries happening tonight. Only there's two that are kind of interesting to uh, pay attention to. Uh, one is in Kansas and the other is in Michigan with Rashida Tlaib. Um so those polls close at nine o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock Central. Uh, so we will try to keep you up to date on those as much as we can. Um, and if anybody is interested in the three quarter lengths muddy water sh- all star shirt that I am wearing, you can get it at our store. Muddywatersmedia.com slash something. <laughs> I don't think it's store. I think it's get your muddied waters gear or something weird. Oh no. Go to muddiedwatersmedia.com and click the store link. You'll get there. No, no. Wait a second. You did a thing. What did you do? I don't know what I did, man. Okay, go to <laughs> go to muddy God. Go to muddiedwatersmedia.com and press store at the top right. <laughs> and yeah. soon when I have time to go on and right. do change what matt did 
If you I wasn't going to tell you that I made that mistake. I, well, I'm updated the bottom. Really happy you didn't. If you go to muddywatersmedia.com slash store in like a couple days, it'll go to the store. But for now, no. Just go to muddywatersmedia.com and hit the store button. Hit the store button right at the top store. Speaking of things being put out of place and no one really knows why or is given any reason, we are going to start on our new segment, the Black Cold Brew Organic Coffee Cold Brew Caffeinated Carapid Fire segment brought to you by blackbrews.com. Be sure again to use code MW for free shipping at checkout. Uh, So we have a situation where Democratic strategists of Joe Biden have some have an interesting strategy. Is that correct, Matt? Yeah, they are urging him not to debate President Trump uh, in the lead up to Election Day, citing Trump's publicity stunts and disregard for the rules in 2016. That's definitely why. That's definitely why it has absolutely nothing to do with this. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. The Me Too movement has forced a cultural reckoning around the issue of sexual violence and harassment against women in America. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman. This is a And so we have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Wealthy kids. He he caught himself there. I just want to say that. He did catch himself. I really mean it, but think how we think about it. And why should voters believe that you won the national election? I was a Democratic caucus. Have been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. I got some work for you, Jack. Uh, look, uh, look, listen to you. I'm not voting for you. Well, I know you weren't, man. You think I thought you'd stand up and vote for you? You're too old to vote for me. I'm not sedentary. I don't like it up and, and, and let, 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 let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. He's too old to vote for himself. Let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take care of people. Play the radio. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. Oh, God. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> and he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. And back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. So I walked out with the chain. I mean, whatever happened to that old conservative discipline about paying for what you spend? I'm up for re-election this year, and I'm going to remind everybody what I did at home, which is going to cost me politically. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal What's spending, that? I meant social Remember security before he as well. had hair? I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans. But I Pre-hair meant Joe Biden. solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. 
it is kind of impressive how he has more hair over time. Because even weird. like prior to that video, like when he ran for president in the eighties, he had kind of less hair, less hair than, than he had in that. It's like he's been growing it back. So that's kind of impressive. This, of course, is another reason why he's not. Uh, why it, it, definitely not one of the reasons why they don't want him debating. And I had a nurse at at uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear. Wow! And go home and get me pillows. They would make wow. sure they'd actually probably nothing ever taught in uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make oh. me move to get get me moving. Every time, like anytime I hear him speak, I think of the video where he's like, oh, I'm in trouble. I have that too, don't I? I yeah, I think, well, I mean, mm. I, I have it, so I'm assuming you do. Uh, but every time. I don't think I have it queued up, but I do have it. Yeah. Oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, but that was, at, that was after he told, that was the same time that he told Charlemagne of the Breakfast Club that if you don't vote for me, you ain't you're black. Not. You ain't black. If you you're ain't, not going to vote for Trump over me, you ain't black. You ain't black. Right. Was it if you vote for Trump over me or if or if you don't vote for me? I think it was if you vote for Trump over me. Oh, okay. I think that was the quote. Okay, because if it's if it's if you don't vote for me, then I would love to start an, you know, ain't blacks for Jorgensen Cohen. Uh, so now uh, speaking of uh, arguably bad ideas. Many people are praising uh, Notre Dame for withdrawing as host of the first presidential debate over coronavirus concerns. There are still three debates planned, uh, but they should just be aired directly on Saturday Night Live. That's actually a good idea. So here's my here's my question on this. Like they did the debate between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. I think it was MSNBC. I don't remember. Yeah, they didn't have a yeah. audience. They made sure everybody was six feet apart. Mm hmm. Why is Notre Dame canceling the debate? Like, you could just do that. Because they know that Joe Jorgensen is going to be qualifying, and they're worried about there just being so much space. They're worried about the wide angle of, like, 18 feet. No, 12 feet. Between. Between all three. Between all three. That that's going to look weird. That's why. Do you even understand aesthetics, Matt? <laughs> if they did it diagonally, though, where Joe—no, I don't—where Joe was kind of in the middle, and then they were diagonally six feet, making them roughly three feet, then it would still be six feet, and Joe would look a lot bigger. Right. Jorgensen. Joe Jorgensen, yeah. Right. Or conversely, you could do like a Hollywood squares thing, but with empty squares in there with Joe Jorgensen in the middle square, center square, and then in in bottom left and bottom right would be. That wouldn't make it any better. Actually, no, that's actually a really good idea. You could do the. The the, The nine. Yeah, the nine. what, What is that game? Hollywood squares. Hollywood squares, right. You could do the Hollywood squares thing and then you could just have. And you wouldn't like you could even put the um, like the moderators there. Oh, like, they don't look at them really. So you could just do everybody in there and make one of the moderators center square. You could also have them in 
like a $10,000 pyramid setup where they're all facing each other. Also true. Also true. But further apart. Or you could go old school and go quiz show where they each have their own pod. Oh. You could also... I still like the Hollywood Squares one the best. Yeah, Hollywood Squares, I think. Hollywood Squares is the way to do that. I think that that's the best way moving forward to do that. Uh, So, yeah. So, that's... That is a... That's probably the best way to handle that. Speaking of things that involve Donald Trump and technology that are going to end poorly for us, uh, Donald Trump is stating uh, that he is planning on banning TikTok from the U.S. via executive order. And in no way should that frighten anyone that a president is banning a specific website or app by executive order without any congressional oversight or really even a, a, a proof of any reason why there he should be doing it. And especially after users of that app embarrassed him at his last rally by getting a bunch of his tickets. Uh, buying a bun- bunch of K-pop singers were buying his tickets or reserving his tickets and yeah. not planning to show up. And so now suddenly they're, the app is a Chinese spying app, but they haven't shown us any proof of that or anything at all. Um, they've have, just said in, it. In, in, in all fairness, they have, uh, there have been leaks from the Chinese side of their users where a lot of the data was taken but that happens with every that's what i was going to say that's not espionage that's welcome to the world of big tech like facebook has has had multiple leaks and breaches as well that's and so that happened to target not too long ago and a lot of people lost their credit cards that day yeah yeah it's i mean that happened to uh facebook that's happened to amazon that's happened to target that's happened to ebay that's happened to walmart that's happened to Ashley Madison, that was funny. That came up in my in my history in my memories recently. That whole I was giving people links to like where they could buy uh, flowers and chocolates for their significant other to make up for the fact that they were just caught cheating. Um, I don't think now, it helped. In all fairness, hmm. that makes no sense for the rest of the sentence. But uh, but Microsoft has announced that they are planning to uh, come in and become the parent company of TikTok. Um, in order to save TikTok and the 10,000 American jobs, and we'll hopefully close the deal by early September, which means it's probably time for me to purchase some Microsoft. Buy some Microsoft stock? Yeah, so first of all, there are 10,000 Americans that are employed by TikTok, which is kind of funny. Also, go join me on TikTok at literally Spike Cohen for like the next few days before it doesn't exist anymore apparently um yeah so we'll see we'll see if that works i mean their servers aren't even in china their servers are in singapore and one other country so their servers aren't in china there's a u.s based company that tiktok has as like the shell company for the u.s um there's not really a good reason to ban them other than they, you know, K-pop people on TikTok embarrass Trump. So, yeah. of course, he would do that. So, speaking of things that have terrible reasons for having happened in the first place and we're all suffering greatly as a result of it, uh, 
this was actually a, a something that just came out before. This is actually part of why we're we were running a little late getting started was we we de- right. desperately wanted to include this in the notes. Uh, a U.S. District Court judge by the name of Carlton Reeves. Uh, begrudgingly, I guess is the best way to put it, granted qualified immunity to an officer who violated the Constitution. But he wrote a scathing review of the case and explained why qualified immunity needs to end and why he was so upset to grant it in the first place and why he was required to grant it. Uh, I'm going to read an excerpt from it, pretty long excerpt from it, because there's no other way to explain this case. Um First, he's going to say a bunch of things that Clarence Jameson, the the uh, uh, plaintiff in the case, uh, wasn't doing. And these were each things that someone else did. And they ended up losing, uh, getting shot at or or uh, or losing their life as a result. Um, it, he said, um, Clarence Jameson wasn't jaywalking. He wasn't outside playing with a toy gun. He didn't look like a suspicious person. He wasn't suspected of selling loose, untaxed cigarettes. He wasn't suspected of passing a counterfeit $20 bill. He didn't look like anyone suspected of a crime. He wasn't mentally ill and in need of help. He wasn't assisting an autistic patient who had wandered away from a group home. He wasn't walking home from an after-school job. He wasn't walking back from a restaurant. He wasn't hanging out on a college campus. He wasn't standing outside of his apartment. He wasn't inside his apartment eating ice cream. He wasn't sleeping in his bed. He wasn't sleeping in his car. He didn't make an improper lane change. He didn't have a broken taillight. He wasn't driving over the speed limit. He wasn't driving under the speed limit. No, Clarence Jameson was a black man. driving a Mercedes convertible. As he made his way home to South Carolina from a vacation in Arizona, Jameson was pulled over and subjected to 110 minutes of an armed police officer badgering him, pressuring him, lying to him, and then searching his car top to bottom for drugs. Nothing was found. Jameson isn't a drug courier. He's a welder. Unsatisfied, the officer then brought out a canine to sniff the car. The dog found nothing. So nearly two hours after it started, the officer left Jameson by the side of the road to put his car back together. And incidentally, by the way, this resulted in over $4,000 in damage to Jameson's car, to Mr. Jameson's car. That's not mentioned in here. Or if it is, it's, it's mentioned in a different part. Thankfully, Jameson left the stop with his life. Too many others have not. The Constitution says everyone is entitled to equal protection of the law, even at the hands of law enforcement. Over the decades, however, judges have invented a legal doctrine to protect law enforcement officers from having to face any consequences for wrongdoing. The doctrine is called qualified immunity. In real life, it operates like absolute immunity. This court is required to apply the law as stated by the Supreme Court. Under that law... The officer who transformed a short traffic stop into an almost two-hour, life-altering ordeal is entitled to qualified immunity. The officer's motion seeking as much is therefore granted. But let us not be fooled by legal jargon. Immunity is not exoneration. And the harm in this case done in this case to one man sheds light on the harm done to the nation by this manufactured doctrine. As the Fourth, Court, Fourth Circuit concluded, this has to stop. This was much longer. This was several pages long. We actually have it in the show notes if you want to read the whole thing. But the bottom line is, this was bad. This guy was driving home, and a cop decided to just give him a hard time and did thousands of dollars in damage to him. And because Clarence was incredibly cooperative the whole time 
And because the officer, thankfully, didn't also want to physically harm him, he walked away with his life and with his body intact. His car was not intact. He had a severe amount of damage. Now, if this officer had, for whatever reason, decided to also physically harm Clarence, there's a good chance he still would have gotten qualified immunity, especially if there wasn't video evidence of it. This is the problem. This is why Matt and I have been talking about ending qualified immunity for months now. This is why Libertarian Congressman Justin Amash is pushing for uh, a a law uh, ending qualified immunity. This is why Joe Jorgensen and I are running on ending qualified immunity, among other things. This needs to end. There, there is absolutely no reason. And like the, the judge here said, uh, it operates like absolute immunity. It basically says, you know, they're calling it qualified immunity. But the qualification is if the officer or government official being accused says that they believe what they did was reasonable. That's all. They, that's all they have to do. They just have to say, I think what I did was reasonable. Do you know anyone that's going to go into court and say, no, 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 what I did was completely unreasonable? Completely unreasonable. Completely it's absolute immunity. Unreasonable. Yep. We are getting a lot of uh, complaints that we are freezing and being cut off on all channels. Oh, good. Yes. Uh, but what it looks like, if you can hear us, uh, it looks as though on float, F-L-O-T-E dot app, we appear to be good there. Um, okay. I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any complaints from people on Twitter or Periscope. I've only seen it from people on YouTube and Facebook. Um, oh, I see the problem here. I'm going to fix this. We're on Wi-Fi. That'll do it. I'll be right back. You'd say smart things, Matt. So, if anybody doesn't know. Um, Trying to stream a show of this size and this magnitude uh, on Wi-Fi is, what's the word? Impossible. Um, So if ever you're going to try to do this, make sure that you are hardwired in. Um, So, yeah, I honestly don't know what Spike was saying right before this all, right uh, before he left, because I was trying to figure out why we were moving slowly. But I'm certain it had to do with qualified immunity. Um, and yes, qualified immunity is the reason that the George Floyd issue uh, started. That's the reason that this issue, that this was what this judge was talking about. And the reason that most of the police officers who end up committing one of these atrocities don't ever get punished is because of qualified immunity. For a sh- We did a show roughly a month and a half ago, two months ago, uh, where we went through the entire history of qualified immunity and... We are we good? Yeah, yeah, we should be fine now. It's it's right. It's all it's back to green now. That was that was my fault, everyone. I forgot to put on the uh, Nick, putting on Nick the Andrea Nicholas Andreasen uh, F L O T E float. Yeah, float dot app slash muddied waters media slash live. And also shout out to at cubes. Cubes, K-Q-U-B-E-S on float, who donated $10 to us. Thank you so much for that. Cubes, I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, Oh, yeah, and you can make donations to us on float if you want to do such a thing. I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying you can if you want to. Uh, So, yeah, so that's – I have – 
read few things that are as scathing on qualified immunity as that judicial decision. And I read the whole thing. Um, and it's from a justice who has his hands tied because he has to go with precedent. He has to go with court precedent. It is the Supreme court or Congress who needs to change this. Uh, and it needs to end. Um, it needs to end. Now we can change things at the executive level by uh, refusing to cooperate with, uh, you know, law enforcement uh, and, and government agencies that don't uh, that don't uh, um, exempt themselves from the from this concept of qualified immunity. But in order for there to be a permanent change, it needs to happen either at the Supreme Court or at the uh, or at the legislative level. Um, speaking of things that are done poorly by government, but much better by the private sector. Over the weekend, and you probably didn't hear much about it because it doesn't make government look good or the private sector look bad. Two Americans landed after two months in space. Eleven years ago, a governmental committee under the Obama administration said that it would take uh, it would take 12 years and cost twenty six billion dollars. Yes. In, in, in 2009 dollars. In 2020 dollars, it only took six years and cost less than $1 billion. Elon Musk. Now, granted, you can you know, take in the fact that it takes a lot of uh, government money for yeah. a lot of his companies and stuff. But yeah. Elon Musk proves that the free market does things better, faster, and more efficiently than the government does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, like like Matt said, he's using government money often for a lot of these things, but he's doing it as a for profit. He has a vested interest in being able to get this done so that he can eventually be able to make money off of it in the private sector. As opposed to government, who has a vested interest in saying we need more money to be able to do whatever the thing is you want us to do, because right. otherwise they don't get more money. So instead, they say, we need more money. We need more money and we need, we need more money and we need more money. And if that doesn't fix it, we need more money. And so that's the difference between the private sector and, and the government. Also, in the private sector. You don't have to give them the money. You can just say no, no, thanks. Whereas with government. They just take it from you. And sometimes they just run up debt in your name and then make you pay for that. In fact, that's usually how they fund things. So, Hence the last six months. Hence the last six months of us being given $1,200 and a $13,000 per person or $16,000 per person bill to pay for all the trillions of dollars in bailouts they gave to their cronies. So, you know, here's someone who's actually using government money to accomplish things. Less than six, six years, less than $1 billion dollars. Uh, that's uh, about one twenty fifth of what they or one twenty sixth of what they said it would it would cost to do. Not too shabby. So yeah, free market greater than sign government. Um, before we get into our next segment, our first big topic, uh, a question literally just came in. Spencer calls back over on YouTube says, I desperately need to know what Joe and Spike's stance is on collecting and consuming slash using rainwater. It's none and, of the government's business. Right? I was like, I feel like 
feel like I know this one. Yeah, no, that's straight up. Uh, there'd be no reason for the government to decide what you can do with water that falls on your property. Uh, yeah, that falls from the sky. That falls from the sky onto your property. That's, you can't use that water. Yeah. Here, it, I'm pretty certain it's illegal here in Florida. Um, yeah, it's, there's no, like, that. In, in no way is that the government's business. Like, that right. would be a textbook example of something that in no way is the is should be the business of government even remotely they shouldn't even have to know that you're collecting and consuming rainwater i mean by virtue of you owning property you're collecting and consuming rainwater even if it's just in the form of it being sopped up by your lawn like it, it's it you're you are literally collecting it and using it to water your plants in your yard and everything else that's outside yeah that's like no in no way is that the government's business. So I hope I hope that cl- clarifies things. Where you're looking to shake things up a little bit and you get freaky out in the rain. Also a form of consumption and not the government's business. <laughs> right. Love who you want Where on you, your... On your property. On your property with your rain. So speaking of loving who you want on your rain... Uh, from here until the end of election season, we here at the Muddy Waters of Freedom will be looking into one of the platforms from Trump or Biden uh, in depth in each episode. And I will be making an impressive graphic overlay for that that will be sponsored by one of our amazing sponsors. Hey, would you like to be one of our amazing sponsors? Amazing sponsors. Then just uh, inbox us and let us know uh, okay. and uh, or email us at the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Not the Muddy Waters of Freedom, just the Muddied Waters of Freedom at gmail.com. And let us know you'd like to be a sponsor. We can give you information on how to do that. And you could be the sponsor of this segment. And if not you, someone else's. So why not you? Treat yourself. Those billboards that are like, if this was your ad, you would have just read it. (laughs) If this was your segment, you would... You, you would have would just be, seen it. You would see this. It would be your segment. So, so uh, starting literally okay, uh, everything on that, all of our show notes here, this entire segment is literally copied and pasted minus like three lines um, from Biden's website. So, so no one can accuse us of being like biased against him in terms right. of how we wrote this. All, all of everything here is w- what, he wrote on his website uh biden will support legislation that will allow gun manufacturers to be sued for crimes that are committed with their products um in 2005 then senator biden voted against the protection of lawful commerce in arms act but gun manufacturers lobbied congress to secure its passage the law protects these manufacturers from being held civilly liable for their products a protection granted to no other industry Biden will prioritize repealing this protection. And this actually brought up a question that I had to ask Spike. Mm-hmm. Uh, because many people think that gun manufacturers shouldn't be able to be sued. Right. And I know that Joe's stance was not what I thought it was going to be. Joe, Joe Jorgensen. Uh, 
Joe, yeah, sorry, Joe Jorgensen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Jorgensen's stance was not what I thought it was going to be on this issue. Mm-hmm. So I called Spike for clarification. So if you want to tell everybody what Joe's stance is and why, yep. so everybody doesn't freak out. Yeah, and it's mine as well. It's that government shouldn't be protecting any industry against lawsuits. If you take that to its logical conclusion, you end up with what we have now. Large polluters uh, aren't held responsible or liable by the people whose property they damaged in their pollution, uh, you know, spills and, and, and leaks and, and, you know, dumping, uh, you know, chemicals into rivers and, and lakes and so forth. They're not held liable for that uh, because the government protects them against it. Uh, you know, it's sort of like qualified immunity or absolute immunity for the private sector, for, for you know, well-heeled cronies to harm us in whatever ways they want and not be held liable. So we are against any form of cronyism or corporate welfare protecting businesses against liability that you would never get the same protection yourself uh, from is a perfect example of cronyism. Now, with that said, when it comes specifically to gun manufacturers, oh, and an example with gun manufacturers, these uh, rules that protect gun manufacturers from lawsuits don't just protect them from, you know, absurd lawsuits like someone used a certain type of gun to kill people, so we're going to hold the manufacturer liable, which is absurd, but it also protects them against lawsuits like if they uh, uh, made a, if they, uh, uh, faulty, uh, like a faulty, ma- weapon. it made a faulty weapon that had like a faulty, uh, trigger or a faulty safety that ended up resulting in someone being harmed or killed. It would protect them against that as well. Well, we don't want that. No one wants that. The, the way to deal with this problem is to deregulate the gun market, get rid of all of the gun laws and stop enforcing gun laws, because then there's no legal precedent from which they can use to try to sue. There's no negligence happening in the same way that, you know, one of the typical, uh, 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 one of the typical um, uh, responses that people will have is they'll say, well, if, you know, if you can sue uh, gun manufacturers for, uh, you know, for shootings, then you should be able to sue fork companies for someone getting fat. And they're right. The reason why you don't see people suing corp- fork companies for people getting fat is because there's no regulations uh, in, in place for forks. So, that's the reason why is because by not having those regulations and laws in place, there's no precedent or anything for them to hang on to, to justify why they're suing in the first place. The answer is not to protect entire industries uh, against lawsuits. The answer is to just simply deregulate that market, but then to allow those industries, if they are actually doing something faulty or negligent, like making a faulty weapon or making a, you know, something that didn't work correctly to be able to be sued uh, as a result of the damage done as a result of that something that they knowingly did wrong. Um, That's the way to deal with that. Also, gun manufacturers have no problem with gun restrictions and gun regulations. In fact, they're often the ones pushing for it. You know who was pushing for bans on 3D printed weapons? Gun manufacturers. Do you know who was pushing for some of the restrictions on suppressors and and, uh, bump stocks? Gun manufacturers, because they saw them as a useful scapegoat and they didn't make them themselves. And those types of accessories are things that smaller gun companies use to make money and build up a client base so that they can then move on to making more expensive things like actual weapons. So they saw that as a way to cut out their smaller competitors. Gun manufacturers are not your friends when it comes to gun rights, and they certainly shouldn't be protected against the possibility that they do something negligent or harmful. So that's the answer to that. Now, also, uh, he says that he will ban the manufacture and sale of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. But well, that, no that will, yeah. That we definitely <laughs> no, don't support. 
Right. Yeah. I'm pretty certain that that's where that this ends. That that was the that was where it ends with the Jorgensen Cohen campaign and the Biden whomever campaign. Whomever campaign. Uh, apparently, Joe Biden forgot to pick. A, that's a good theory. I saw that on our page. That is a solid theory as to why he doesn't have a running mate. Just he forgot to pick one. He forgot to. Um, now, nowhere on his website does it define assault weapons or what would be considered a high capacity magazine. And as we've seen in the past, Biden isn't really sure what an assault weapon is and has said in the past that AR-15s are illegal and AR-14s should be. So this is not the guy that I trust to make any of these decisions. Ghost guns. <laughs> Mega clip ghost guns. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I really I mean, to be fair, do you trust Joe Biden to define anything? Here, I mean, here's here's, I Joe, Bi- here's Joe Biden on health care. And I had a nurse at, at uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my oh, ear wow. and go home and get me pillows. They would make oh, sure they'd actually probably nothing ever taught in uh, you can't do it in the covid time. But they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make oh, me oh, move oh. to get get me moving. Yeah, there's really not a lot that I would trust Joe Biden on. Maybe I'd, if I wanted to assault a Senate staffer, like ask him where would be the best place in the halls of the Senate to do it, like he may be able to define that. Or the age at which a child loses the baby smell on the top of their head. <laughs> right. he seems to have that nailed. Yeah. Those, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not false. It's not false. It is not false. This is biting Uh, commentary, folks. um, He also said that he will regulate possession of existing assault weapons under the National Firearms Act, and this will force people who own semi-autos to register them with the ATF. Let me me contrast our policies. We're actually going to not enforce the NFA and fire everyone in the ATF. Um, In order to reduce stockpiling of firearms, Biden supports legislation restricting the number of firearms an individual may purchase uh, to one per month. Oh, gosh. Now, I was talking with friend of the show, Adam the Freeman, yesterday, uh, and what he said is, and this was a really good point, if you pass this sort of legislation, people who are not rabid gun collectors, but just sort of gun collectors on the side. Like it's more of like a mild hobby as opposed to the addiction that some people have to, you know, just stockpiling and collecting. Right. Uh, These people might buy six guns a year right now. But now they're going to buy one a month. Now they're going to buy 12. Yep. Like he's going to create an increase in gun sales amongst those who don't purchase that many. He's going to make guns and ammo the new toilet paper, where by saying, oh, you can only get this much, it's going to signal panic in the market, and people are going to buy whatever the limit is, which right now they're often not doing. Maybe in certain periods they buy you know, large amounts, but whatever limit is set is how much people will buy every single month. Every single month. 
So, you know, the one, you know, one of the silver linings of, uh, of, uh, of, of a Democrat presidency, like what we saw under Obama, is that gun stocks go through the roof and so do ammo stocks. And any, 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 any stock related to guns and ammo manufacturing goes through the roof. The other thing, of course, is the growing black market that will come as a result of this. And of course, the, the, you know, the fact that existing gun laws are disproportionately enforced against the most, just like the war on drugs and every other, every other, you know, set of laws in this country, they are disproportionately enforced among marginalized communities like people of color and the poor and ethnic and religious minorities and LGBTQ plus and everything else. Uh, all these different groups of people are the most likely to suffer as a result of it. So he's basically, this is his next 1994 crime bill. This is his next way of uh, disproportionately harming people of color and other marginalized people. He also states on the website that uh, he will enact legislation prohibiting an individual who has been convicted of a misdemeanor hate crime or received an enhanced sentence for a misdemeanor because of hate or bias in its commission from purchasing or possessing a firearm. Which will disproportionately affect people that are in states that have such laws, which are blue states. So this will largely not affect people in the, you know, the stereotypical states that, you know, that are, are, are where all the gun nuts are. This will affect people in blue states, which, again, disproportionately is going to be marginalized people. It's just fantastic how big government always harms the people that it claims to help. Right. Um he also supports the proposal in the Enhanced Background Checks Act of 2019, which extends the timeline from three to 10 business days. So you'll have people again, this will this just creates more panic. Everyone will be buying weapons at least 10 days of advance of whatever they think they might need every single month. It will be a massive run on guns. This will lead to a vast increase in the number of arms people have just because they're being told again. Remember a couple months ago, you're going to need toilet paper. Everyone ran out and got toilet paper. They said, well, you can only get one roll of toilet paper. People were going into the store, buying a roll of, buying a pack of toilet paper, going back out, coming right back in, getting another thing of toilet, because they did just, oh, I got to get toilet paper. They're saying that we got, we can't have more toilet paper. <laughs> and so now people are like going through the 300 rolls of toilet paper that they have, wondering why they did that. Right. This will happen with guns. Now here, so what's your theory? Are we mm. thinking first of the month, fifteenth of the month, or final day of the month? Like I'm thinking it's going to be like the fifteenth is going to be the day that people are going to be going out to buy. You've got rent paid. You're not saving up for it. Uh, if they're on Social Security, they get it on the third. You got a ten day, yeah, around the fifteenth because you get then you got the ten day background check and all that stuff. So yeah, probably around the fifteenth. 15th of the month, everyone will be that much more armed. And this will also lead to a... You buy gun stocks on like the 13th or the 12th, and then you sell them on the 17th. Pretty much. Well, I mean, if you you got elected, uh, then I would be buying them on shortly before his inauguration, really moments after his election, and selling them after he's not president anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that, that that would be a long purchase there. Um, now 
one of the issues that they will have is Biden will enact legislation to prohibit all online sales of firearms, ammunition, kits, and gun parts. Because buying them in person makes it not right bad. Be- because if you go into a store and buy it, the person can be like, the person will not sell it to you. You actually have to take the initiative to get up and leave your house. And he's banking on the laziness of people. I, I keep hearing that the people that are doing these mass shootings are either stealing guns from someone else or right. buying them legally in a store. I don't recall. I'm not saying there wasn't one, but I don't recall offhand someone who is Purchase. purchasing it in in you know online. Not to say that it hasn't happened, but most of them stole it from someone else. Which right. stealing a gun has always been illegal, yep. even in 1776. It was illegal to steal someone's gun. That has never not been illegal. Now, my favorite one, not my favorite as in I support this, but my favorite one of the entire thing is put America on the path to ensuring that 100% of firearms sold in America are smart guns, which means that you would need your fingerprint in order to pull the trigger or that, say, I don't know, there is some sort of uprising in your town. The government can make it so your gun is useless. Long before I'd support this, I would support community review boards being able to have similar powers over police weapons if they can be used. Put an elected commission of, of local residents in charge of whether officers can use their guns, how often they can use their guns, uh, in what situations they can use them because that's, if you look, I mean, that that's the, the, the out of control gun violence, not, not uh, the vast majority of gun crimes uh, in the U S people get prosecuted for them and go to jail for them. Whereas the majority of gun crime on behalf of government, they get qualified immunity. Right. Some, many of the time they get a medal. (laughs) They get promoted. As a result. So he also supports legislation holding adults criminally and civilly liable for directly or negligently giving a minor access to a firearm, regardless of whether the minor actually gains possession of the firearm. So what does that? That means if you have a weapon in your house, if you've got a gun in your house and it is not properly locked up, you can then be held criminally and civilly liable. This is unenforceable. This is largely unenforceable because I could simply say that it was locked up. Uh, One of the things that I didn't include here was uh, mandatory gun safes and uh, qualifications, I think was in there on what qualified as a gun safe. Right. But again, I could just say it was in one of those. Like if I buy one or whatever, then yeah. Right. If you don't have one of those, you oh, okay. Be, yeah. If you don't have one right. of those, right. That's. I think that's where that one was leading to. Is now you're going to have to purchase these specifics. Yeah, that's going to do. None of this actually does anything to reduce gun crime. It actually will increase it because it's going to massively expand a black market, and it's going to lead everyone to panic buy guns. Yep. 
He's also continuing the militarization of the police, and uh, his version of how to hold police accountable is to give them more money uh, and to make the uh, the hearings on them secret and not held to the public. So not sure how that holds them accountable, but that's his plan. So if you were thinking that uh, you wanted to have a civil war, a good way to do that is to make the police increasingly militarized and unaccountable and to have uh, the citizenry panic buying weapons. Yep. Now, about the uh, holding adults criminally and civilly liable for directly or negligently giving a minor access to a firearm. Let's say that, like many of our viewers, many of our listeners, pretty rabid gun people. They probably own multiple uh, multiple weapons and they teach their children basic firearm safety. They would then be held criminally and civilly liable for teaching them the proper way to handle a gun, the proper safety techniques of owning a weapon. That would be illegal. It would be illegal to educate your children on the safe way to handle a weapon. So then when your kid learns how to use a weapon illegally by someone who had no interest in teaching them safety, everyone will be safer as a result. Right. Yeah. This is similar to the the rule, and I forget exactly how it was written uh, in Virginia, but it basically said that if you give any advice on uh, how to use a weapon, you would be held criminally liable. And the way it was written... It included martial arts instructors. Yeah, it included like martial arts instructors. Um, and, and you know, if someone said, oh, uh, you know, what kind of knife would you recommend that I get? And someone gave them advice that would be considered. Now, I believe that that law ended up not being passed, right? Uh, it That part in that law. Yeah, yeah, that, that failed because it was written terribly. Um, that, that law did get passed, but that, that portion got rewritten. Um, right. so here as Megan over on Facebook, she says, I bought my daughter her first gun this past Christmas. She's six years old. Sorry, Megan. Well, I didn't say your last name for that reason. Uh, she knows her weapon safety rules. And if you have taught your six year old, the proper way to handle a weapon, that's good. That is good. Cause they know to respect it. I wouldn't give most six-year-olds a weapon because most of them don't know. They, all of them are toys. If you so it's good them, for them to know that, yeah. Right, it is. It is. You, if you have taught them proper safety, uh, weapon safety rules, you are doing a great job. <laughs> and if you think that she is responsible enough to own it, good. Good for you. Yep. Well done. Yep. No, that is good because the alternative is for you to have a kid who doesn't know how to safely use a firearm. Right. I don't know why this isn't a no brainer. I'm not saying everyone needs to teach their kids how to use guns. I'm saying that if you think they might be around guns, it might be a good idea for them to know how to safely use it. Right. And you're probably as good as anyone to be able to teach them that. Because you're You're going to care about them more than anyone else. Right. And you're probably better than anybody else. To do it. More than likely, more than likely, especially dealing with your kids. So long story short on this law, 
it's going to lead to people panic buying guns. There's going to be more guns being bought. The gun manufacturers are going to pretend that they're against this law, but they're going to really, really like it because it's going to have them selling guns more so than ever before. It will also make it harder, again, for smaller competitors to be able to make and sell guns because they don't have relationships with gun stores. So where they can sell theirs online and use viral marketing, that'll all end if if this stuff passes And that will just make it so that big gun will be the only game in town. And I guarantee you that protection against the indemnification thing will not happen because they'll make the devil's bargain. They'll say, okay, we're fine with banning online sales. We're fine with these background checks. We're fine with this restriction on the number that you can buy every month because we know that'll lead to more being bought uh, from us. But you got to back off on the lawsuit thing and yeah. continue to allow I, us to be indemnified. That'll I happen. I could definitely see Big Gun doing that. They will absolutely I mean, do that. And the NRA would back that. So the quickly. NRA will back that in a split second. Gun owners of America? No. No. Gun owners of America will absolutely fight this tooth and nail. NRA will be sought. They won't come right out and be like, yes, we support this whole thing. They just won't fight it. They'll focus on the lawsuit thing. And then when they get that victory, they'll go, victory, we win. And when people go, what about online sales? They'll go, just buy it at a store. Just drive to a store and get it. NRA stands for negotiating rights away. So, uh, speaking of people who you can trust and who aren't grifters, like the NRA are, now is our special segment, the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment, where we uh, take calls from anchor, from our anchor, which is at anchor.fm slash muddied waters, and we take calls from people who, uh, who have left messages for us, and you too. Uh, can do this as well by going to anchor.fm. Holy crap, is this all from today? Uh, That's all from the last week. Most of it's from today. Wow. Uh, Anchor.fm slash muddied waters and press that uh, message button. You can also press the donate button, give us some money, but you don't have to give us money to leave us a message. We'll be happy to answer your question whether or not you gave a donation. But if you do give a donation, we'll we'll be nicer. Somebody has asked a question multiple times in the comments, so I am going to ask it to you. Okay. Uh, well, they didn't repeat it there. Um, hang on a second. I got to find it again. Uh, what is the state? What is yours and Joe's stance on CPS and how kids get killed because of CPS social workers or placed in group homes or foster homes end up killed or raped, sexually abused, and yet no charges or jail held accountable and family courts are in it with CPS together. Yeah, we've, um, We've talked about CPS. Uh, one of the biggest things we can do, CPS is, us- is a statewide thing, so we're, we wouldn't, wouldn't have the authority to end it or anything like that. Here's what we can do. We can end qualified immunity. We talk about how police officers and, and other government officials use qualified immunity to be able to uh, infringe upon the, the rights of the American people uh, with impunity. 
So too CPS workers. We've seen situations where CPS workers have been found illegally kidnapping children, transporting them across state lines, holding them illegally, uh, bringing up parents on false charges, uh, a myriad of just absolutely criminal acts of kidnapping and, and fraud. And none of them are held accountable because they have qualified immunity and they thought what they did was reasonable, which is why qualified immunity needs to end. That will fix this. Uh, yeah. That will fix the majority of the problems here. And just like we talk about the cost-benefit analysis that police departments make when they deal with the bad apples in their bunch, where they let them stay on the force because it doesn't cost them anything to stay on the force because of qualified immunity, but it costs them a fortune to try to remove them because of having to flight the police unions and there's no guarantee that they can even get rid of them. When you end qualified immunity, now the police departments and the CPS agencies and everything else now... The cost-benefit analysis is if we don't get rid of them, it's going to cost us a fortune in lawsuits. And the unions also have a vested interest in getting rid of the abusive uh, agents and uh, officials and officers because they also don't want to get sued. So it completely flips around on its tail. Now, by having them held just as accountable as you or I uh, or anyone else would be held, anyone who isn't a government official would be held, uh, changes the, the, entire, uh, the entire dance happening there where now there's a vested interest in removing abusive agents and officers and officials. Uh, that's just as true with CPS. Right. So that's so the answer to, to that. Seven, six or seven questions? We have oh. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have six, seven questions. I and have only listened to some of these. Oh, good. Yep. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about it. So no, I'm feeling good about it. I don't, I, I don't think that uh, Josh screwed us here. I don't know who Josh is. But I, I have a feeling that he he did not do anything terrible. I'm I feel good about Josh. I feel, I feel cautiously him. optimistic about Josh. But we're going to start with Selena Stewart and her question. Hey Matt, hey Spike, love listening to your show. Um, I do have a serious question, uh, something I hadn't considered. I'm totally 100 percent on board with the idea of giving money back to the people. And letting them have a choice on where they want to send their kids to school, whether it's homeschool, private school, different district schools, um, things like that. But somebody raised a really interesting point about people who aren't paying in and their children. Um, And I do work a lot in social work and mental health. So I do see a lot of children in very rural areas where maybe that neither of their parents work. Um, and so when we're talking about, you know, putting the money back in the hands for the decisions, um, I'm thinking about those kids that maybe their parents don't put anything in and mm-hmm. what happens to those children. That's actually good. And I think she got cut off because you can only yeah, do a it, minute, right? Yeah, it's a minute. Um, yeah. It's a minute, so, but she... I think she got the entire question. Yeah, yeah, she got, she got, I, I, I think she was probably just wrapping up there. But um, that's actually a, an excellent question, Selena. Um, and you're right. I mean, there are, there are many people that their kids are going to school and they uh, aren't able to pay directly for it. Now, before I get into directly your question, I would like to take a step back and note that even the poorest among us are paying for stuff. They're paying for things in the form of taxes anytime they buy anything. 
They are paying in the form of lost opportunities because of the barriers and burdens and licensing fees and zoning regulations and everything else that have been put in place by government in order to keep people in poverty from being able to try to thrive and grow their, their you know small businesses into larger ones because they can't afford the cost of compliance. Uh, and so they end up uh, either having to be a wage slave for a larger business owner or they have to um, you know live on uh, government assistance or sometimes they have to live on government assistance and work for someone else, uh, they have to, you know, uh, often they end up into in, you know, criminal things because they're not able to make money legally in a way that can allow them to thrive. Um, and so they're pushed into a lot of bad situations as a result of government meddling. So we would be ending that as well. So there'd be a lot less poverty to begin with. Now, with that said, there will still be poverty. Uh, I don't believe that there's anyone who can seriously propose that any uh, system that they are uh, proposing to set up will end poverty. So what do we do with them? What do we do with those parents who, whose kids still need to be educated, but they, they can't necessarily afford it? Well, thankfully, we know that there have been private schools who, before there were regulations in place that didn't allow them to do so, they would give schooling away, or they would do it on a graduated basis, on like a, a sliding scale based on income and things like that. Uh, there is a vested interest in communities in making sure everyone in that community has at least a base level of education. We benefit as a community by not having anyone who just doesn't know nothing. So that's a it's you know we 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 need to have people know a base level of things now of course if these aren't government indoctrination centers then that means they'll actually be learning something they won't just be learning how to take a test and then promptly forget everything uh and mostly just be taught compliance with laws and regulations and presumed authority instead they'll actually be taught actual knowledge because the schools will be operating with a vested interest in actually teaching children how to be successful and how to thrive and how to be able to build themselves up as opposed to how to comply with the powerful, which is what our schools are set up with currently. Um, so, you know, for those that would still be in poverty, everyone else is going to have a reason and an interest in making sure that they have an education of some kind, whether it's through a sliding scale uh, for payment or whether it's for um, whether it's for, uh, you know, by in the form of, of free schooling or schooling vouchers or, or whatever else. Uh, also, we aren't proposing transitioning immediately to a fully private system. We're transitioning to like school vouchers and things like that. So even in the immediate, we wouldn't be telling, uh, you know, parents who can't immediately directly afford their children's education that, you know, that they have to, they have to go and, and, and take care of it themselves or whatever that, you know, their kids can't go to school. Um, but, but again, there'd be a lot less poverty to begin with if government wasn't basically enforcing and entrenching generational poverty in the first place. So I hope that answers your question. And the next question comes from one of my favorite people and one of Matt's favorite people as well. The laser legend himself, Matt Hicks. Hey guys, this is Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds, personal injury attorney, attorney at law anchor call in line. I'd like to uh, steer the conversation towards the biggest headline of the day that nobody seems to be talking about, and I'd like your thoughts on it. And that headline is this. One million cannibal ants trapped inside a Soviet nuclear weapons bunker have escaped. Hashtag laser legend. 
One million cannibal ants trapped inside a Soviet nuclear weapons bunker have escaped. Matt? So here's my question about this story because I saw it. When they say cannibal, do they mean they eat each other? Because how are there a million of them? One million cannibal ants trapped inside a Soviet nuclear weapons bunker have escaped. Do they eat one million cannibal ants trapped inside a Soviet nuclear weapons bunker have escaped? Sorry. Do they eat people or do they eat each other? Because if they eat each other, how are there a million of them? Like you'd think there'd just be like two really big ones who are now very slow and lethargic. But if they eat people, how did they survive that long? One million cannibal ants trapped. Just not there. Inside of a Soviet nuclear weapons bunker. Have escaped. Next question is uh, also from. Real quick. I just got this uh, notification that made me chuckle immensely inside. Uh, Kindergarten cop. The Arnold Schwarzenegger classic for anybody who doesn't know. Screening oh, no. canceled in Oregon. Oh, no. Be, I don't say it. Compared to Gone with the Wind, which is the only time you are going to make that comparison between Kindergarten Cop and Gone with the Wind. Uh, it was excoriated on Twitter for glorifying the traumatization of children by police and compared to Birth of a Nation and Gone with the Wind. Kindergarten Cop, not a tumor. <sighs> That movie, for anybody who doesn't know, was compared to Gone with the Wind. It was the kids giving him a hard time. Well, it was one of their dads or stepdads was a cop that was like beating the mom, I think. I don't remember it because I haven't seen that movie since I was probably. Oh, yeah, and he like. I thought the reason they canceled it was because of the kid who said boys have penises and girls have vaginas. <laughs> Which, well, hang on. I, that, I only made it through the first paragraph of this article, so let me let me scroll a little bit further. I'll see scroll if can through find. a little bit more and see if that was also referenced in Gone with the Wind. Yeah, nothing fun in cops traumatizing kids. I mean, I. No, nothing, nothing. It was kindergarten cop. It's kinder. Yeah, it's kindergarten cop. It's a, it's a Schwarzenegger yells at kids vehicle. Like that's the joke. You can't understand what he says throughout half of that movie because the entire very Austrian in that movie. The entire structure of the movie is that kids are getting terminator flustered that's the whole point that's when they made it was when he was the terminator and that was it there was no other like he didn't have you know even any kind of you know real 
um, film. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Filmography. Film. He, he did. He like he, he he had Terminator. He had Conan. He had. Um, oh, that's right. He had Conan as Predator. well. Predator was he in Predator? You're right. You're right. It would have been Predator. So I mean, he was always this like you know the big mass killing guy. machine. Yeah, right. figure. And the joke is he's having to deal with kindergartners and they're giving him a hard time and he gets all flustered and yells. And screams at him and they give him headaches and he's like, oh, maybe it's a tumor. It's not a tumor. And that like that was the entire premise of that movie. Gosh, okay. And yes, no, Brett Robertson, not Cop and a Half. That movie was terrible. I was really young when I saw that. Cop and a Half. It was a Burt Reynolds movie and he like mentors this young black kid oh yeah no that was a garbage i'm fine with that movie being canceled just because i hate it just, yeah just because it was bad like it was just a bad movie right that's like the reason to cancel something is because it's bad brett robertson knows a lot about kindergarten cop he's correcting me on all the things i'm trying to remember about it um <laughs> all right it, we'll do this next one from uh from the laser legend himself matt Hicks. Hey guys, this is Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, attorney at law, anchor call in line. Uh, My question for you is this. I have a mockingbird that has set up shop in my front yard in one of my oak trees. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of mockingbird behavior, but they're very territorial when it comes to nesting. And this mockingbird has decided to start attacking one of my dogs. Mind you, I have seven dogs. But this mockingbird just seems to be fixated on the one. Oh, wait, here's my donkey. Oh, I think he's done now. Anyway, um, I would like your advice on how to deal with this mockingbird who is perpetually attacking just the one dog. Hashtag laser legend. Um, Shoot it. The mockingbird? Yeah. Well, I mean, dealer's choice, really. I mean, they're not big, like... And so I have, I can, I've never seen a mockingbird. I, I can, no I can commiserate with you, Matt, on this because <laughs> I have been attacked by a mockingbird. Shoot it. You're saying this like it's just a, th- I mean, like it's fast, it's aggressive, and it's this big. Like it's, a, it's not like a parrot that's yelling at you from 10 feet away. Like it, it goes, <sighs> And, and and what it does is it goes somewhere where you can't see it. And then, and you'll hear that God awful noise it makes. And You're like a Larry David comedy. Sure. <laughs> I guess. And so you're walking your car and you hear, and you feel the, and you, and you get, and then it's, it's gone. So like shoot, it would involve a lot of dangerous things happening unless you stake out somewhere and wait for it to make its move. Wait for it to, you know, for it to come forward and then you shoot it also still not recommended unless you're a really good shot. Matt says, shoot it though. I say, shoot it. I say. Megan Gearhart says pellet rifle. will take it right out. Man, I, I, apparently people must have a better aim. I'm trusting Megan Gearhart on this. Oh, is she the one that uh, her kid with the gun safety? Didn't mean to say her last name there. Yes. 
I am trusting her word on I this. I trust Megan. <laughs> I stand with Megan Redacted. Yes, Megan Redacted. Uh, I trust her. I trust what she says here. I go with what Megan Redacted said. All right. And so that answers that question. Here is the next question also from Laser Legend Matt Hicks. That's a good point. The, the donkey, this is a pregnant, pregnant donkey, by the way. <laughs> well, that kind of mouth makes sense, right? Right. Yeah. Hmm? Mm. Very, very vocal, that one. Very vocal, that one. All right. So our next question is from, we actually have three questions uh, from uh, someone named Josh. And we're going to find out together. How, we're going to find out together how this goes. With the episode starting about Waffle Houses, it made me think about, well, do you like real maple syrup without high fructose corn syrup or the fake crap? And how is the fake crap uh, protected by the state and caused to be way cheaper than the real shit that's way better for us? So this is a, I was so the the title to this question is Aunt Jemima's ain't real maple syrup, which gave me a slight pause, but turns out solid question, real, solid question, and yes, real maple syrup is better than Aunt Jemima's. Oh no, question, it's not even close. Any of the big brand stuff, real maple syrup is the way to go. And like uh, Josh said, the reason it's so exp- that it's so much cheaper than maple syrup is because the government heavily, heavily subsidizes corn. All corn products are heavily, 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 heavily subsidized. And that's why high fructose corn syrup is in your, is in everything. Isn't, so I, I could be wrong on this. Um, I, I think I remember hearing this or reading this, but isn't there a contract uh, with corn farmers that X amount of corn will be sold every year, which is why they've sort of mandated that you have to use corn syrup? in things as opposed to real sugar. And then it, it, it got strengthened again with ethanol, with the whole ethanol standard thing requiring that 10% of fuel uh, use ethanol. Um, and do you know, just to give you an example of how government does stupid things for the stupidest of reasons opposed to how a free market would do it where it was actually based on everyone's interest involved in that particular transaction or situation. The reason why corn is so heavily subsidized in this country is because Iowa is the first state to have a caucus or primary. That's it. That's literally it. I I did not know that. That is the extent to the reason behind why corn is so heavily subsidized. It started with a very cynical presentation made to uh, President Nixon uh, saying that uh, subsidizing corn would uh, flatten the uh, the there used to be these massive uh, um, uh, uh, changes fluctuations in the price of food that would go up and down so wildly that people would uh, panic buy food um, during the times it was down and then that would cause the the ups and downs to be even wider. Um, and so the corn industry said, well, if you made it so that corn was subsidized, we could replace a lot of other less uh, uh, less easily produced uh, food products with corn. 
Um, and so it did cause some price stabilization, although some experts say that the price stabilization happened as a result of government saying the prices are now stable, so people didn't panic buy anymore. But what it also did was it immediately, you can track when that started. You can track direct correlation and, and, and I would say causation between subsidization of corn and the increase in obesity and type 2 diabetes as a direct result of the increase in the amount of fructose that we're eating on a daily basis as a direct result of corn replacing so many other non-fructose uh, types of foods. Um, but the fact that they were coming from Iowa, which was the first state that picks, you know, who the presidential nominees are, was a major, major part of how that was, how that absurd presentation was even given any, any, uh, seriousness and to begin with. It was because of those subsidies that the sugar industry here in Florida ended up taking a massive, massive hit. And so mm-hmm. they were like, Hey, you just screwed us. And then the government was like, well, here's money. You keep growing sugar and we'll ship it out of the we'll ship it out of the country. Out of the country. To other countries to other countries that recognize that cane sugar for a myriad of reasons is way better than corn sugar. Corn syrup. Because it still has fiber to it. So much better than American Coke. Yes, that's correct. So that's your history lesson about corn. Here is another question. Here's the second of three questions from Josh. Did you hear that the city of Dallas shut down the Young Americans for Liberty Convention? Yep, Mobilize. Yep. Yes, I did. Uh, Mobilize 2020 was shut down. Yeah, Mobilize 2020 was shut down. Uh, a lot of my, I've got a ton of friends that are involved with Young Americans for Liberty. Um, many of them are very upset about this. Uh, I think we got an invite to go mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, because of my upcoming tour bus schedule i wasn't going to be able to go but it is unfortunate that uh that that was shut down um it was shut down it was shut down trump shut down the republican convention in jacksonville they're shutting stuff down left and right We're, we're going back to shutdowns i hate to say it we're going back to shutdowns uh i hope it happens after my bus tour but uh, the shutdowns are happening and, uh, this is all happening again because the CDC didn't allow medical professionals to test COVID patients for the first two months that the virus was here, which is what has allowed, allowed it to spiral out of control in the first place. Uh, Kevin Hale says, look for a venue in Collin County, just North to be announced. I'm assuming he is referring to mobilize. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Oh, I don't know. Kenneth Blevin says, if we buy a next VP poster, can we get it signed? Do we have a next VP poster? Yes. We are saying yes. 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 Now the sign comes direct. The poster comes directly from the manufacturer. um, So you'd have to like um, meet me. If you send money to PayPal, muddiedwatersmedia uh, at gmail.com. Um, if you send money there and say in the note you want a signed poster um, and add 10 bucks to the price, um, we will get you that signed poster. 
That's the answer there, Kenneth. Right. Just send to muddiedwatersmedia at Gmail on PayPal. Uh, say you want to sign Spike poster, and I will make sure that Spike gets a poster, and you will get it signed. Yes. And, and sent to you. Signed and sent to you. So next question, or final question, actually, uh, from Josh here. I sent you a message on Facebook with a video of Joe Biden saying he's going to beat himself. Yeah, he said, I'm going to beat Joe Biden. Yeah, I'm going to beat Joe Biden. And he's, yeah. he's right. He's going to beat Joe Biden with the help of Joe Jorgensen. Yes. Who will become the next president. Yeah, Joe Biden, uh, he's also running for Senate, as he has said during this uh, during this election cycle. Uh, he uh, said that he's going to beat Joe Biden. Um, and he, to his credit, he came up with the greatest insult ever made, which is you lying dog face, lying dog face pony soldier, which if that girl was a vermin Supreme supporter, that would have made so much sense. Would have been true. It wouldn't have meant she was lying, but it would have meant she was a dog face soldier. pony soldier. Yeah. Well, she was at least a pony soldier. Um, the most important thing from all of this, folks, is to know that one million cannibal ants that were trapped in a Soviet nuclear weapons bunker have escaped. And speaking of one million cannibal ants trapped in a Soviet nuclear weapons bunker that have escaped, that brings us to our uh, final topic. Like Brent Robertson, same answer. Uh, find out how much it is. Add 10 bucks and we will uh, figure out how to do that. Yes. So topic two is a story. Okay, so this is a feel-good story for... This is It ends as a feel-good story. This is about police ineptitude, Mm. and it ends as a really good feel-good story. Uh, And it was like seven years in the making. Um, In April 2012, sheriffs stormed into the residence of Bob and Addie Hart in Kentucky pictured here lovable neighborly bob and Addie hart the hearts Uh, yeah uh the deputies can find the hearts and their two children to a living room couch for two hours presumably the one they're sitting on um as they conducted an increasingly desperate search that discovered nothing illegal now the reason that this happened is because Sergeant James Wingo of the Missouri state highway patrol saw Bob visit a hydroponic gardening store in Kansas city on August 9th of 2011, which is completely legal, completely legal. Yeah. Now, August 9th of 2011, the arrest or well, the, the raid happened in April of 2012 they nice. held they sat on this information for 8 months springing springing into action a couple of weeks before 420 nice. because they were trying to do a massive publicity stunt to arrest a lot of people who grow and sell weed right before 420 so they never did a background investigation uh which would have received for feel not only that the hearts had a clean criminal record but also that they both worked for the CIA with the highest level of security clearance. Yes. 
Now, it's just a basic search. Oh, they're CIA. Just a quick background check on these people. So if they are uh, selling drugs, it's with the government's permission. The cops uh, rummaged through the family's garbage, finding what was quoted by Deputy Mark Burns as wet green vegetation uh, that he initially deemed innocuous, but subsequently described as marijuana plant material. It was actually loose leaf tea that Addie liked to drink. It was wet because it was steeped. It was steeped. It was used steeped tea leaves, loose leaf tea leaves. Now, Deputy Mark, <laughs> Deputy Mark Burns confessed he had never seen loose leaf tea. I have trouble believing that. Just. How maybe, have you never maybe, seen loose leaf maybe tea? You've, maybe you've only seen the Lipton bags. You know, I don't really know what's going on in uh, Kentucky um, with the tea. In 2011, 2012, uh, don't really know what's going on. But this guy had been an officer for multiple years, mm-hmm. and he mistook loose leaf tea for weed. He said, based on his training and experience, that it looked like cannabis. But the lab technician, I'm going to just pull. I'm, I'm going to pull up a picture of loose leaf tea for those Wait. who. I have, I have a girlfriend who drinks a lot of tea and, uh, sometimes she'll do like the simple little bags. And then other times she has these huge kilo and a half bags of loose leaf tea that you, that I will make for her because I'm a wonderful and caring boyfriend. Um, I also in a former life smoked a lot of weed and they don't look anything like each other. Yeah, here, here I'm pulling up a, a nice picture of various loose leaf teas for your edification here. None of these look like weed. No, um, not one of them. And if they were dry, if they were wet, they really, 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 really wouldn't look like weed, even a little. Right, and. To my experience, don't you burn weed? Yeah, no one steeps weed. I mean, I guess you could if you're trying to make butter and then... I mean, but why? Well, if you're trying to make butter and then bake it into a brownie, I get it. But you're not, you're not like, steeping it. You're, you're... I can't remember the term for it because I haven't done it in so long. It's... Yeah, there's no... Um, a lab technician consulted after the raid, uh, disagreed with Burns, saying the evidence retrieved from the hard trash didn't look anything like marijuana leaves or stems, as we have just shown you. Um, and a federal appeals court judge concluded in 2017 that there was no probable cause at any step of the investigation. The defendants in this case caused an unjustified governmental intrusion into the Hart's home based on nothing more than junk science, an incompetent investigation, and a publicity stunt. 
Ouch. Now, this settlement was sealed. But after seven years of litigation, plus one more year for it to become unsealed, uh, the Johnson's County Sheriff's Office agreed to pay the family $150,000. Nice. That's actually, I mean, I wouldn't, would I want the cops to bother me for two hours and then I get $150,000 seven years later? I mean, is it, but you have to think that's seven years that you're, what's that work out to 30,000 a year? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a total fiasco and you've got it weighing on you and you, you're, you're forever, even long after this, you think these cops are idiots. Cause I presume they still live in that city. Their hot tip was that he legally went to a legal store to legally make a legal purchase. Because he, he has a farm. He had a farm and he still has a farm. I'm assuming he, he, still has he, a farm wor- he worked and he was teaching his kids how to grow vegetables hydroponically. They work at the CIA. <laughs> like just a simple background check, man. This is just. But anyway, they're at their $150,000. No one was hurt. Unfortunately, there are people who are not CIA agents who get similar treatment and uh, things end up a lot worse. But this is a feel-good story. Uh, Yeah, we talked about it at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. So it is is a feel-good story. Speaking of feel-good stories, were you hoping to see me during the Jorgensen-Cohen campaign coming to your local city or municipality? Yes. Well, I've got fantastic news for you. I'm going to be on this bus for the better part of two and a half-ish weeks. And actually almost three weeks. And I am going through a whole bunch of states. It's going to end up being about 20 states that I go through um, across the country from California to Florida and many states in between. And I know what you're thinking. Does that include Texas? Yes, it does. I know what else you might be thinking. Does that include New Orleans? Yep. You're probably also maybe thinking, does that include Michigan? Sure does. And yet you might also be thinking, does that include Nebraska again? Yes. Further, you might be wondering, does that include Idaho? Absolutely. Then you might think, hey, does that include Oregon? Yes. Meanwhile, someone else might be thinking, hey, does that include Vegas? Yes. After that, I'm forgetting the other cities, but yes. I like how you said all states and then you didn't say Nevada. You went Vegas. (laughs) We're doing Reno, too. There. Where in Florida are you coming? Uh, well, we're not finalized yet, but I believe Pensacola. Yeah. Well, I won't see you. 
<laughs> well, well, that's like an eight and a half hour drive. It's you know what? That's a good idea. We might need to add like a South Florida thing to that, shouldn't we? Yeah, because that's like that's Lower Alabama. Yeah, that's no, like, I know. That's like <laughs> Gulf Southern State. Yeah. Let me look at my thing because I think there might have been some other fun stuff in here too. For Florida. Jacksonville. Mm, that's like four hours. Four yeah, hours. it's towards the end of the trip and we're actually working our way back to um back to where I live, to South Carolina. So um if we end up not adding uh, adding uh, South Florida to this bus trip, I'll definitely be making my way to South Florida because we've had a lot of requests for me down there. Uh, and this is not this; is, these are not the only states I'll be visiting. I'm trying to visit, uh, like at least I want to have visited at least like 40 states by the time this was all over. Just me personally, and then between me and Joe, we will have visited almost all 50 states. So this week went very well. Um, I was in Pennsylvania, uh, where uh, where we were on the ground helping uh, get petitions signed for uh, for to make sure that we made the ballot access uh, petition. So we sued the the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania and the National Party sued the state of uh, Pennsylvania, who told us during a pandemic and lockdown that we needed to get thousands of signatures to get on the ballot. And in a remote, remotely held court case that was held remotely because it was unsafe to have, according to the courts, unsafe to have people in court together. They told us, nope, you still got to get thousands of signatures, even though we don't even want to be anywhere near you because it's unsafe. Was that because of uh, was that because of the virus, or was that because you're libertarians? Ah, so the uh, uh, don't you mean we are libertarians, uh, Mister Fellow Member of the Party? Um, so uh, <laughs> against his will. Um, so other podcasts on our like you're advertising for other podcasts on our podcasts. What podcast am I arguing on our podcast? We are libertarians. <laughs> Oh, well, see, now you made it. I I didn't even make that connection. But, you know, now we're talking about we are libertarians. That's true. Which I like the guys that we are libertarians. Yeah, I actually like we are libertarians. I don't mind throwing them a bone. They're they're good people. I don't mind mind throwing them a bone. But so, uh, so yeah, so we were able to get on the ballot. Um, We got twice as many signatures as they told us to get. So just a real in-your-face moment for them. We also qualified to be uh, on the Wisconsin ballot and the Maryland ballot, bringing us up to, I believe, 40 states plus D.C. that we've qualified for. And uh, we are, again, fully confident that we will be on all 50 state ballots by the time uh, by the time this whole thing rolls around. Um, oh, and I believe we qualified for New Hampshire, too. But I think that's what got us up to 40 states plus D.C. So we are we're working the states. We are making sure that the Libertarian Party, that Joe Jorgensen and myself and all of the down ballot candidates in those respective states will be on all 50 state ballots uh, by an election day. 
And so I had a great time there. I did have to come home early, so I didn't get to participate in the actual submitting of the of the petitions uh, that uh, that Joe and uh, and the chair of the party, Joe Bishop Henchman and, and others got to do um, because I decided to come home and help uh, my wife and, and family prepare for the storm that came. We are safe. Everything was fine. But I just felt like that was where I was most needed. We did accomplish what we needed. I uh, had been told before it was announced that we had gotten enough more than enough signatures gone past our goal. And so I, I felt like it was important for me to be here as opposed to, you know, just just being there for the, uh, you know, the photo op of being able to do it. Joe was then from there headed off to, uh, you know, he- headed north from or headed west from there. So she wasn't going to be in the eye of the storm. Uh, I would have been having to travel back into the storm. So uh, I decided to go back home and let Joe and Joe uh, Bishop Henchman uh, deal with that. So um, so then this week um, I'm having a bit of a off time. I will be here at home. Uh, dealing with some loose ends. Uh, and then towards the end of next week, I will be in Western Virginia, not West Virginia, but Western Virginia for a rally and then for Anarchon. Is that in Western Virginia this year? Yeah, it's in Gore, Virginia. And as a person who grew up in Virginia, thank you for making that distinction between West Virginia and Western Virginia. Yeah, this is in Gore is in Hold on. Well, that's actually not Western Virginia. It's in Northern Virginia. Gore? Yeah, but like, so not Northern Virginia like the D.C. area, but I guess Northwestern Virginia. It's like the absolute toppy, tippy top of Virginia. Like how it's kind of like triangular up at the top in Frederick County. Oh, yeah. Yeah, up in the, up in the mountains. It's like Appalachia, I think. Yep. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yep. It's in between. Wow. It's in between Shawnee Land and Highview. It's really close to Winchester for anybody who lives in that area. It's close to Winchester. It's close it's to in, Winchester. It's right in between Wild Acres and Whitaker. It's a hop, skip, and a jump from Front Royal. It's right beside Bubbling Springs, next to right on down from the Willa Cather birthplace. Off of two fifty nine. It's near Lake Holiday. It's right in between six hundred and two fifty nine. Right over there oh. by Shawnee Land. It's on fifty. It's, you can take fifty all the way across the country. Well, not for this. <laughs> Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, no, it is on 50. Yeah. No, but the good. Cove camp, camp, well, I don't know where this thing, I don't know where Anarchon is. I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm spiraling a little bit here. Um, oh, yeah, it's at the Cove camp. Well, how the hell did this know I was looking for the Cove campground? Because it listens to you. Steve, our NSA agent, does a really good job of shipping us. I just said Gore, Virginia. Well, you also said that you were going there for Anarchon. It also might be the only thing in Gore, Virginia. I literally just pressed the map and it took me to... Cove? I don't like that at all. Steven, our NSA agent, he's... He's on top of his job today. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to be doing a, uh, I'm going to be doing the, uh, what's it called? I'll be doing the, um, keynote speed. I'm a little frust- flustered there that it knew I meant the Cove campground. Anyway, I'm going to be doing the keynote speech on technology and NSA agents. It was going to be on disruptive politics, but now it's going to be about that thing and how that happened to me. So I'll be doing that uh, next week. And then uh, the following week, I will be starting my tour of a lot of like half of America. Over the course of three weeks. On this 45-foot luxury campaign bus. I don't know, luxury. It's a 45-foot campaign bus. That right there. I'm on a bus. I'm on a bus. I'm on a bus. And for anybody who uh, happens to be at the Anarchon, uh, I will just let you know. Very close to there is a place called Charlie Brown's, which is a just a wonderful little head shop for those of you who still smoke weed. Um, it's in West Virginia. I used to have to drive there to get stuff because Virginia outlawed all of it. So I had to go there to get it. Right. We have uh, in the comments someone said, uh, hold on, where is it? But wait, didn't you just say you'd be in Texas, too? That's this Monday, the 10th, and Tuesday, the 11th. That's not when I will be there. It'll be towards the end of the... Uh, I'll be there towards the end of the month. Um, yeah. Or possibly even the beginning of uh, of September that I'll be there. We don't have exact dates yet. That'll be worked out in the next couple of days. Um, but that's where we... That's where we'll. That's when we'll be there. And then after that, we'll be doing. I'll be doing a tour of New York and New England. I'll be doing a tour of the heartland southern states like Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi. Uh, I'll be doing a tour of uh, the D.C. Beltway area, and probably one of South Florida, maybe even Puerto Rico, and possibly if we can if we can get enough stuff together there to make it worth our while to go there a tour of hawaii and maybe even alaska like i said i'm trying to get as many of the states as possible between now and then and for anybody who is wondering in election news uh early on Rashida Tlaib uh, has an early lead over Brenda Jones. Uh, It's very early, according to this article, but they don't say how many, uh, what percentage is in. As of 26 minutes ago, she has a 66 to 34 lead. With zero of 492 precincts reporting. Oh, okay. I don't know how that is. Oh, that's possible. How is that? But that's with less than 1% reporting. Wait, if that's less than 1%, they have a million voters? Well, it's Detroit, so yeah, there's a lot of people there. Okay, all right. Well, well there you go. Yep. Just a million seems like a lot for a 
single congressional district primary, but what do I know? Um, well, then we will see how that goes. Is o- Oh, is Omar facing one today, too? I don't know. I believe she is. Well, we will see how that goes. Yes. And maybe we will report on that next week. So, uh, yeah, so uh, we will see you next week. Um, so, yeah, we will be doing um, – this will be kind of a slow week. We aren't going to have a lot of Muddy Water stuff. Stay tuned to our pages, to the Muddy Waters and Spike Cohen pages. We'll be putting out lots of impactful libertarian content, but in terms of uh, live events, probably not much until the following week when we'll have all sorts of stuff going. And then from there, we'll just be doing a lot of stuff. So stay tuned for that. And uh, so, uh, and then tune in here uh, next Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events like the sweet summer boys we are. Matt, if someone were to look for us on the internet, is that even possible? And if so, how? Absolutely. You can find us on every social media platform. Um, some of them used much more than others. Uh, and also you can, if you're one of those people who just loves listening to our sweet, sultry, buttery goodness of voices, you can find us at anchor.fm slash muddied waters. Aquafina. I have, I'm using Aquafina water. Aquafina owes us so much money for that. Aquafina owes us like several thousand dollars for this purified drinking water from can you hear the water? That's the sound of water. You can also find us on your favorite podcasting app, and you can find this in every episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. This, this is water. Listen to the, the That's water. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your evening. And where we're going, we don't need roads.